Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, so last time on the podcast, the pesky kids went into town to buy a computer, but when they got there, Pumpkin chased a cat up a telegraph pole, which meant that the cat lady had to be called in. So that's where we're going to pick up the story, and today I'll be reading for you Chapter 3, The Cat Lady. Here we go. Joe, Finn and April did not have high expectations of a woman whose job title was the Cat Lady. They sat on the curb waiting for her to arrive. Constable Pike considered handcuffing them to something, but the bench at the bus stop had just been painted for the Daffodil Festival and he didn't want to scrape it up and get himself in trouble with the mayor. More and more Currawong residents had gathered around, delaying their shopping or morning cup of coffee to see how the cat drama would unfold. Completely unrepentant, Pumpkin barked and growled at everyone. He even tried to bite any small children dim-witted enough to pat him. Eventually, the murmur went up. She's coming! That's a car! Joe leaned forward to get a better view. An extremely battered and dirty station wagon was chugging its way down Main Street, the black smoke billowing out from behind. That car is burning oil, said Finn. It needs servicing. It needs washing, said Joe. No way! The dirt's the only thing holding it together, said April. The car cruised to a halt right in front of them. The pesky kids had to leap up because the tyres scraped the curb where they'd been sitting. Thank you for coming, said Constable Pike respectfully, as he bent at the waist to look in through the window. There was no response, just a fumbling with the latch, and then the car door swung open, hitting Constable Pike in the groin. Ugh! he said, struggling not to collapse in pain. Two small feet swung out of the car, and the cat lady unfolded herself, bracing against the doorframe as she stood up. "'She's going to rescue the cat!' exclaimed April. The cat lady was not impressive. For a start, she was very short, but that was not her most surprising feature. She was also incredibly old. Somewhere between 75 and 105, it was hard to tell because she was so small and skinny." She was more wrinkled skin than anything else. The cat lady's clothes weren't impressive either. It looked like she'd just driven in from a farm because she was wearing muddy old track pants, a flannel shirt and a moth-eaten cardigan over the top. "'Your service to the community is greatly appreciated,' said Mayor Albright, holding out her hand. The cat lady looked at the mayor's hand, then peered at her face. "'Who are you?' It was the first words the pesky kids had heard her speak. She sounded very old." I'm the mayor of Karawong, Rowena Albright, said Mayor Albright. The cat lady made a snorting noise. I didn't vote for you. Have you fixed the bridge in town yet? Well, we have taken the issue in hand, said Mayor Albright. A feasibility committee is doing a thorough study and they'll report later next year. (laughs) said the cat lady. That means no. So I won't be voting for you next time either then. She turned to Constable Pike. Where's this cat? 
Up the telegraph pole, said the constable, pointing upwards. The cat lady looked at his finger, then slowly tipped her head back to see the top of the pole. She adjusted the bifocals on her nose and peered harder. Fortunately, at that point, the cat gave a loud mule, so she was able to locate it by sound. Ah, yes, said the cat lady. "'Please, you must save her,' said Mrs. Bellamy. "'Princess Anastasia has a thyroid condition. "'If she doesn't eat every hour, she gets hangry.' "'The cat lady peered at Mrs. Bellamy. "'So the cat's fat, then?' she turned to Constable Pike. "'You didn't tell me I'd have to rescue a fat cat?' "'Not so much fat as big bones,' said Constable Pike. "'Mrs. Bellamy wept even louder. (laughs) "'She's probably been feeding her stupid honeycakes,' said April.' The cat lady made a disparaging grunting noise in the back of her throat as she contemplatively chewed her gum. "'How do you think she's going to get it down?' Finn whispered to Joe. "'Shoot it?' Joe shrugged. "'She's too old. She can't see well enough to shoot anything,' said April. "'Maybe she'll use a chainsaw to cut down the telegraph pole.' April liked chainsaws. She'd asked Santa for one every Christmas since she was two years old. Santa had not been forthcoming." As a result, Santa had been on April's naughty list for the same amount of time. "'Hold my gum,' said the cat lady. She reached into her mouth, pulled out a wad of well-chewed spearmint, and handed it to Constable Pike. He looked utterly disgusted, but dutifully held it on his fingertip. The cat lady went towards her car, paused, then, in an amazing feat of athleticism, leapt onto the bonnet. "'Wow,' said Finn." The cat lady then stepped up onto the roof of the car, sprang onto the telegraph pole, and scampered up it like a monkey climbing a coconut tree. Cool, said April, in awed admiration. This town just gets weirder and weirder, said Finn. What if she falls, worried Joe. Constable Pike scoffed. (laughs) The cat lady never falls. Now she was at the top of the telegraph pole, the cat lady slowed down to thread herself through the power lines. Won't she get electrocuted, asked Joe. Only if she touches two lines simultaneously and completes a circuit, said Finn. One is fine. Otherwise, birds would be cooked every time they rested on the wires. But the cat lady was clearly an expert. She showed no sign of high-voltage electrocution. She skillfully pulled herself up onto one of the horizontal bars that held the lines so she was sitting next to the cat. Princess Anastasia seemed to think this was perfectly natural and went to her for a scratch. Cats often seem magnetically attracted to little old ladies. This is because, at heart, all cats are ruthless predators, just like their brethren, the wild lions of the Serengeti. They instinctively know they can prey on the elderly, manipulating them emotionally, until they pamper to their every need. But the cat lady was not an average little old lady. As soon as Princess Anastasia was close enough, the cat lady scooped her up, stuffed the cat into her capacious cardigan and shinnied back down the telegraph pole in the blink of an eye. In less than 15 seconds total, she was back standing on the roof of her own car. That is the single most impressive thing I've ever seen, said April. The cat lady stepped down onto the bonnet of the car and handed the cat over to its owner. Oh, thank you, thank you so much, gushed Mrs. Bellamy before addressing her cat. Oh, Princess Anastasia, are you all right? Were you traumatised by the naughty doggy? The cat lady held out her hand to Constable Pike. He instinctively held up his own hand to help her down. She slapped it out of the way. I don't want your hand, nitwit, she snapped. My gum. Oh, sorry, said Constable Pike, remembering the gum on the fingertip of his other hand. He held it out to her. She popped it back in her mouth and jumped off the bonnet. 
Now, this is where things went terribly wrong. Or even wronger, if you include Pumpkin's wicked behaviour and the pesky kids getting in trouble with the police. Because, for whatever reason, whether she was distracted by the return of her gum or her poor eyesight meant she misjudged the distance to the ground, the cat lady miscalculated her jump and landed on Joe's foot. Ow! said Joe. Although it didn't hurt that much, the cat lady weighed less than 50 kilos ringing wet. But the cat lady's ankle twisted awkwardly as her foot landed half on, half off Joe's giant toes, and she collapsed on the concrete pavement with a sickening thud. Okay, it wasn't so much a thud because she was a very little old lady, more of a crumple, but it was dramatic and it made everyone wince. Because anyone who has ever had a granny does not like seeing little old ladies collapse on the ground. Unless you have an evil granny, but that's another matter. You've killed the cat lady, someone from the crowd cried out. I didn't mean to, panicked Joe. Constable Pike grabbed Joe by the upper arm and held him with a firm grip. Assault is a serious crime, boy. I didn't assault anyone, protested Joe. She landed on my foot. There's always an excuse with you pesky kids, said Mayor Albright. Finn crouched down next to the cat lady. Now the little one is finishing her off, cried another person from the crowd. April stood on tippy-toes and scanned the faces. She spotted a familiar head of blonde hair in plaits. I know that's you, Matilda Vosnevis. Shut your cake hole. She's threatening me, accused Matilda. Matilda was a girl from their class at school who found great satisfaction in being right, as well as informing other people when they were wrong. Yes, I am, agreed April, letting go of Pumpkin's improvised leash. Pumpkin? Joe clamped his free hand over April's mouth before she could order her dog to do more damage. Meanwhile, Finn gently removed the cat lady's shoe, plucked an ice block from a nearby child bystander, which made the child burst into tears, and held the frozen block against the lady's ankle. The cat lady's eyes flickered open. I'm not dead, you morons. I just twisted my ankle. She's alive, exclaimed Mrs Bellamy. Thank heavens. Don't give heaven the credit, said April. Finn's the one who stuck an ice block on her foot. I don't think it's twisted, said Finn. I think it's broken. You're a doctor now, are you? said the cat lady sarcastically. Where did you get your medical degree? Did you download it from the interweb? No, I am not a doctor, agreed Finn, but that big bit of bone poking through your skin is a bit of a giveaway. The cat lady looked down at her own foot. Her eyes gaped and she fainted. Then Mrs Bellamy fainted and the child who lost their ice block died wailing even louder. You'd better call an ambulance, said Joe, turning to Constable Pike, who still held his upper arm in a brutal grip. Don't tell me how to do my job, said the constable, although his head was whipping back and forth as the crowd yelled at him. He was clearly caught up in a moment of indecision. It's all right, I'm on it, said April, holding a phone to her ear. Emergency services? We need an ambulance. Outside the Karawong Post Office, ASAP. We've got two old ladies down and Constable Pike has a possible case of brain damage. I do not have brain damage, yelled Constable Pike. Then he noticed the phone April was using. Hey, that's my phone. You should just be grateful I took your phone and not your gun, said April, tossing the phone back. Constable Pike had to juggle it one-handed before he had it safe in his fingers. And that would have been easier if you let go of my brother, said April. You've let your out-of-control dog traumatise another pet, created a public disturbance, and now grievously injured a vital member of our senior community, said Constable Pike. I'm not letting any of you go anywhere. The fine for failing to control a dangerous dog is $1,000, said Mayor Albright. What? said Finn. I would have thought it would be more. Pumpkin could have killed someone. I'll kill you in a minute, said April, grabbing Finn by his collar. 
All right, said Joe, ignoring his brother and sister and reaching for his bulging wallet. No, cried April, clutching his hand. She had high expectations for that money and she did not want to see it wasted. She turned to Constable Pike. There must be another way. Constable Pike pressed his lips together and looked mulish for a moment. Well, strictly speaking, the penalty is a thousand dollar fine or fifty hours community service, he admitted. I'll take the community service, said April. Fifty hours each, said Constable Pike. I'm holding all three of you responsible. Joe and I didn't do anything, protested Finn. He felled the cat lady, said the constable. She j- jumped on my foot, argued Joe. Then you should have moved at first, said Constable Pike. What are we going to do without a cat lady, asked Mrs Bellamy. People in the crowd started to mutter things like, Yeah, that's right, the cats won't be safe. The cat lady is getting old, said Mayor Albright. What did you say, mumbled the cat lady. She was starting to regain consciousness. She was still confused, but she looked like she wanted to jump up on her one remaining good leg and punch the mare. No one likes statistics, said Mayor Albright soothingly, but you have to accept that your age is one and it's increasing. It must be nearly three digits. You, boy, help me up, the cat lady demanded of Finn. I'm going to show the mayor just what an old person can do. She pulled herself up using Finn as a crutch. The mayor does have a point, said Constable Pike. What, demanded the cat lady. Not about you being old, said Constable Pike placatingly. About us not being able to cope without you. The August winds will be here soon, and you know that's peak cat crazy season. You need to train up an apprentice, a new generation to rescue cats. But I hate young people, said the cat lady. We all do, agreed Constable Pike. But it's got to be done. Blah, said the cat lady in disgust. Apprentices aren't all bad, said a mechanic from the garage. You can tell them to make you cups of tea. The cat lady nodded as she considered this. I do like a cup of tea. There you go then, said Constable Pike. It'd be good for you to train up some new blood. Okay, fine. I'll take this one, the cat lady pointed at Finn. He's the right height for me to lean on. But I don't want to be taken, panicked Finn. You should have thought about that before you brought a deranged dog into town, said Constable Pike. But I hate the dog, and the dog hates me, argued Finn. Pumpkin barked an arf of agreement. Tough, said Constable Pike. And that is the end of the chapter. So until next time, goodbye. <laughs>